for our favourite part of the show. And Ace, you're about to eat in for a supersonic treat. In your business, auntie's getting your business. Oh, God, yes, so we didn't warn you. Auntie's getting your business. You're not part of this, but auntie's getting your business. Look at his face, I love it. Yay. As an R&B connoisseur. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make him say What are your thoughts? (laughs) And be open. I'm family. All the vocals. Yeah, that's right, man. It's catchy. Come on, man. Thank you. I expected. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's can we come to the studio? Really? You know, auto tune <laughs> can make anybody sound good. That's a matter. Exactly. I'm not paying. No, <laughs> you're not paying. You, no, no, no. This is like family racing. Right, let's take it away, Okay, so Ace, Yo. DJ, Ace, Ace of Clubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and describe your life right now in one sentence. In one sentence. Yes, yes. just word, one. Lucky. <laughs> um, my name is Ace. In one sentence. Mm. Okay. Um, my name is Ace. I am a broadcaster and a dad. Oh, jing, jing, jing. That was lovely. Very cute. And your life in uh, and my life right now. Yeah. Mm. It's alright. It's alright. It's going good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what does that mean? Um my life right now is um That's an amazing question. Um Yeah, it's good, it's going well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's start from now and work backwards. Yeah. Okay. Cool. One extra celebrated twenty years of being on our airwaves. Yeah. You were there at the very damn start. Day one. Day one, bro. When you reflect, what's been the most surprising? Um, I don't know. What's the word? Reflection that you've actually lasted this long and been a part of one extra family, and then generally just speak to what it's been like that celebration of parties and events yeah. and stuff. This this week's been quite emotional. Yeah. Um, like. Because, again, like, I go to work every day and didn't necessarily think about 20 years. And there's a lot of stuff that maybe I haven't really remembered. And I have right. a lot of memories and a lot of things that come back. And I can't believe I did that. And, oh, wow, that's what happened. And you just think about what's happened in that 20 years and your life and the roller coasters, the ups and downs. And the thing that's most surprising is that I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I've seen, again, we had the, the birthday party on on Tuesday. It was fab. Uh, you was there, of course. Yeah. yeah. And it was just so many faces that are like, I somewhat even forgot, embarrassingly. But it was just like, yo, we've been doing this for 20 years. And then it was interesting for me to be with uh, the crop of new presenters, yeah. the young, like, fresh broadcast voices, but then be with the OGs as well. And I think what, what is even kind of more of a like full circle moment is when me and Viz started in 2002 we were the young ones like yeah they were the ogs they were the ones that we looked at and now it's just like the young ones are like calling me like ace what do i do with this and how do i maneuver around this so it's just like to be there from like the young bucket that had no radio experience then i'll be in a 20-year broadcaster and being able to give back has been like beautiful to me i've enjoyed it and just establish your bbc radio one extra presenter Presenter, yeah yeah and I'm a massive fan. I love what I you're doing. That. And I thank hope you. that you know um, your voice is very much needed on the radio. Oh, thank I totally, you. totally appreciate you. you. And that's why you're there still. Because there's been yeah. people that have come and, and they've gone. And not always necessarily at their own choice. But, yeah. you know, you're there still because you, what you bring is very, very needed. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's kind of like, I think in America, there's like, obviously there's more opportunities and you see DJs jumping from one station to another and there's obviously there's a bigger landscape for for black radio whereas over here we don't really have that so in order like Mm. 
I'm lucky if I wasn't on this station. Obviously, there's another station, but what if I don't know? It's just like there isn't yeah. really that opportunity to like. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've, I've been lucky to be able to be able to keep this job for 20 years because it is something I've always wanted to do since I was a youngster. Um, so yeah, I'm just blessed to be able to still be able to do it. It's still you. Oh, is it me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Souls. <laughs> um, okay, so... Putting it all into perspective, what would you give the most peace... Huh? What would give you the most peace... I can't... I don't get that. Sorry. <laughs> Well, as you do so much, what, yeah, give you, what gives you the most peace? I'm sorry, um, you're a DJ. You're really yeah. What 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 do you get the most pleasure out of? Okay. Um, oh yeah, definitely broadcasting. Okay. I think um, it's. I love DJing. I love doing the live stuff. I love podcasting. Um, I'm like I'm doing some stuff for like putting out music at the moment. But I think like my core, like what I've always wanted to do since a youngster, was be on the radio. So yeah, broadcasting definitely is my happy place mm-hmm. and even, and I think like I, I've said this before but like I've been doing like daytime radio and I think daytime radio is a task like it basically means like even when you're having the absolute worst day yeah. you're gonna come in and be like yo yeah. what's going yeah. on yeah. and it's like that doing three hours of that when you're having the absolute shittest day or like you're going through something in your personal life when you get to like it's tiring, but when, I, when I'm doing it, I don't feel the stress or the pain uh, yeah. of outside the studio. But once I get to like one o'clock, I'm like, yo, I'm knackered. And then mm. you realize why it's because yeah. I've been acting for three hours. Yep. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Up. What's the worst <laughs> bit about DJing like when you're out doing live stuff? What's the worst live thing? Live stuff, they're drunk, white girls. Oh. <laughs> really? They are the absolute worst. Yeah, they want to take your hat off. They want to scream at you. Is it really just a white girl thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble. For that. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna get cancelled for that. Not to get you in trouble, but I think right, it's just right, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, just well, no, nah, just drunk people in general. To mm-hmm. be fair, like to requesting records. Um, there That's what really I thought like it might that. be. Yeah, there's no etiquette with a DJ when people when you're drunk. And the thing is, like, I get it when you're drunk, you want to hear your rhythm in it. But, yeah. yeah, like there's ways of doing it. And, what would yeah. be the right way to do it? I don't think there is to be. If I'm totally honest, there is like because. People will come over and request a record that they know you're about to play in a minute. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to play Burner Boy last, last. Yeah, like, yeah, it's the yeah. biggest record. Like, yeah. Of course I'm going to play it. Like, and I suppose wait. you have your whole set like cultivated how Not you're really. going to do it. Oh, you don't? Okay. It's a feeling. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. more of a feeling yeah. thing. But you've got tracks that you're definitely going to play. If the club is ram, I'm going to play the biggest record. Yeah. Yeah. Much, yeah. Yeah. Don't come over so and So just leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. You've got to tip the DJ though, man. That's what they should do. I do think... Throw a 20 down. Yes. If you are going to ask, you should do... Yeah, I think, yeah, they do that. They do it like an um, Afrobeat scene as well. Do you know what I mean? If you want to pull up a track, you start throwing tens and twenties. Yeah, I get a card machine for it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have it at the corner. But imagine like you've got to do that. You're just there all night. It's just last, last, all night. When is last, last going to be the last, the last? When is it the last of the last? All right, so as you are, like, I guess, on the black podcasting scene, you guys' Ish. podcast was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. guys were, like, the OGs. You started yeah. so long ago. Yeah. How is Cut the Chat going, and how have you kept it going for so long as well? 
And what do you think of podcasting actually as a new medium? I, I love it. I think podcasting is really great. I think I think there needs to be a real distinction between podcasting and yes. radio presenting. Whereas I think at the moment it's a bit blurred. Mm. But I love both. Like I, I don't always listen to music in the car. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Um, I think it's, it's awesome. Cut the chat. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this on camera, the reason why we, we're not consistent and why we've been... I, what, it's, it's weird. It's the reason why we're not consistent, but also the reason why we've been going so long is because we're just genuinely brethren. And mm. it's just like, man, I'm just catching up. Like, oh. I'm an only child. Like, I don't... My circle is super small. And those guys are, like, in my circle. And it's an opportunity for me to catch up with them once a week. Yeah. And so when life gets hectic and we're doing other things, it might not always be the priority, which mm. is which is bad because there's a lot of people that love to listen to it. People yep. running up to me. I was at the O2 the other day, the security was like, nah, you're not taking a piss. Uh, <laughs> it's been ages. Yeah, like yeah, no, it has been a while. And, and I always say like, when we get to a, a, a level when we're all like on the same page and we're like firing, it's sick. But it's never been something that is a chore. Like even like coming here and seeing what you guys are doing, I'm jealous because it's like <laughs> I couldn't get the man to give it to do this and like even when we're doing it it's just like oh, what you you got a couple of hours here oh, you got all right, cool let's just jump on it's not mm. but I think it will take for one of us to be like sit down and be like look I'm gonna block out this three months and we're gonna do it properly mm. but the fact that we're friends means that we can put our podcast because we're gonna link up we're mm. gonna chat about mm. what's going on in the world today we're gonna find out what's going on with mm. each other ah right, cool let's just record it and put it out and it's just worked like that for however long we've been doing it but I do at some point we're gonna have to really get in and take mm. this seriously okay. yeah yeah do you know what it is as well it's just like we get to a point where it's like well we should just like we should just put things out sporadically or like not not end and cut the chat but like what's that what are we doing but it's just like we can't do that because people want it and we've been doing it so long you need to do it. we just gotta continue we have to continue we link up anyway we have funny conversations together mm. so why not record them why not put them out yeah but we just need to do it in a more regulated way (laughs) but also as well i do think there's that fear of like when you when you work with your friends Mm. when it but when it becomes a chore and something you have to do that's in the diary on a you like it becomes less natural it becomes like you even your friendships kind of are affected like yeah i don't like aquarius very much I think, I think it's important to be able to take breaks from your friends yeah i'm not gonna chat to you for a few weeks not because we're, we're beefing just like mm. you've said different different, you know what i mean it's different so and me and my girls yeah. call it cool off yeah yeah, yeah. you mm. just it's just mm. i'm yeah. gonna cool off for a little bit but yeah you can't cool off if you're in Actual business together, no, so, no, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah well i still think you can you can park it maybe that's how my mind works it well that's work work mode and our friendship so it's I'm always going to turn up to work. If you speak to them everybody every day all the time, that's a different, maybe it's a bit more difficult. Yeah. I think when you've got so much going on in individual lives, especially with you and Femi as well, yeah. have so much going on, it's like you that, that moment of catching up is a real moment of catching up. Yeah. So you I think do that need makes real it, time yeah. with it's your like friends. If you're with yeah. every single day, it's, it, then it becomes a problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do love it, and I hope you guys. Oh, no, no, it's it. text. No, yeah, don't cut it. the chat. No, no, yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> it is for the culture. You can't even do that. No, it's definitely, like, definitely. We're like, and again, it's just about working out ways with it. Like me and me and Damon did an episode last week, and then yeah, like if me and or Damon and Femi might jump on, or Damon and, and it's like there's life stuff happening. You guys will find out in the next few weeks, but mm. like there's life stuff happening with cut the chat. 
which is exciting. And oh, cool. once you guys find out, you'll understand why it's well, been that you way. Stop that. Tell us what. So, no, I can't do that. We'll do it. <laughs> I mean, cool, like cool, spoiler cool. with oh, no spoilers. Said afterwards. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. um, Ace, you are known as the bring bringer backer of R and B. Is that what I'm known as? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, where did this love of R&B even come from? Do you know this is funny? Someone told me, I told this story the other day and Nana's going to find this funny as well. So like, <laughs> I, I've always DJed. Uh, yeah. Now, we have a cousin, yeah, who mm. taught me how to DJ. Um, I was collecting records since I was a young, a youngster and he was like my mentor. He taught me how to DJ and, and I'm, he's the reason why I'm doing this today. But, I remember like being a youngster and always thinking that I was a hip hop head. Like I used to have a rap, I used to rap, like, I used to think that I was hip hop, like I really did. Yeah. And it was one Christmas year with our cousin. Yeah. He bought me and another cousin, quite K. Yeah. He bought us two vinyls, yeah, and they were wrapped. And he was like, Look, these are the two vinyls I bought you guys for Christmas year, and I think this is what K should have, and I think this is what you should have. And I was so excited. I was like, what has he got? He's like, this, this is the way you should go. Look, this is, I've been listening to what you play and what you like. This is the way you should go. And Christmas Day comes and Kay opens his one and he's got Snoop Dogg Doggy Star. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I open mine and it's Joe the guy with a mad band. And oh, I was pissed. Oh, no. I was wow. like, what? Absolute classic. Classic. No, I wanted Doggy Star. He was like, this is you. <laughs> Like, no and sorry, I was sorry. so jarred. I was like, oh, like wow. what do you mean? Like, and only like it took me like maybe something years to realize, yo, I'm really more into this R&B. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really enjoy melodies and singing and more than I actually am into. I love hip hop 100%, but that was definitely, he steered me in that direction. And then obviously Tell like- you to own your shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. but obviously, I, like, I like black music. So like, obviously like during the Channel U era, I was into Graham yeah. and mm. it was funky and, but, Underneath it all was always been R&B. I used to make slow jam tapes in school. I used to sell them. They were called like the front room sofa selection or something <laughs> oh. like that. Yeah, like I used to, like, it was always slow jams and music. And yeah, so R&B was definitely like my Aww. thing from a young age. So would you, so like Jodeci, obviously classic album you mentioned there, yeah. classic like R&B, yeah. where it was like all lovey-dovey uh-huh. and you know, when men seem to like women and love them. What do you about this new wave of toxic R&B. Like... So, I'm going to drop a few names. <laughs> so I just had, a, I had a really, I had an amazing interview with Tank this week. Mm. Yes. It, it, it's I going like on it. next week. And mm-hmm. we were talking about that the new R&B is mad toxic. Mm. I like a lot of it, I'm not going to lie. Mm. I, I think the, there's guys that can sing. I think the production's awesome. But obviously the messaging is a lot different. Mm. And Tank was saying today it's hard for black men to sell love. And especially mm. in R&B because the rappers are singing. Yes. So like the rappers are rapping and also doing the melodic thing and Mm. they're blowing up off of it and the singers now feel like they have to basically use the content that the rappers are using in order to to be relevant in today's market with the, Mm. you know what I'm saying? And again, and also the audience has changed as well. Like, Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in the nineties, the nineteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-olds wanted to hear about love. Yeah. The seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-olds now want to hear about pussy popping and popping pills, and it's very—it's a lot more toxic. I don't Th- know. That, that is the. Concept. I don't know if they want, they want to. to. It's what they're being fed. <laughs> oh, yeah, again, maybe it is what they're being fed. <laughs> yeah. Just take charge. There's a lot yeah. of pre- there's pressure on the R and B singers to be relevant in that in that scene mm. as well. So the the topics the 
the content is a lot more toxic mm. and a lot more like rap. It's lady-ish. more explicit. You know what I mean? yeah. Yes, yeah. but I think yeah. if you listen to music basically. over time, yeah. Yeah. like it has become more and more explicit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we had like things back in the seventies where certain singers would sing stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't as much. Mm-hmm. So Minnie Ripperton, that's who was coming into my head. I couldn't remember her name. Yeah, um, and lots of innuendo. But that's the same with film and television. Yeah, it's gone from being oh. I've showed yeah. my boob, boob yeah. the nipples out to like my whole front is out. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, I think you're right. And I heard someone else say that the other day as well, that they're feeling the pressure of having to keep up with this rap thing. Right. And Even yeah. the way they look like, today's R&B singers don't look like the ones in the 90s. Like I, I, yeah. like, I don't know if there are R&B pinups now. Do you know what I'm saying? But, like, mm. you wouldn't, you, where's we'd have the Word Up magazines and you mm. see girls yes. with Joe. Would Givion yeah. be seen as like a Give you on, no, yeah, probably yeah. Give you on, but. Yeah, yeah, Giveon is He's definitely... probably the cleanest cutest. Probably, probably the one cleanest cutest, yeah. yeah. But yeah. even then, would Giveon... Would he would he be up against the, the Joes or the like uh-uh. the Ushers in the 90s? Like, would he would he be... Do you know what I mean? I mm. think... Interesting. Would be a, I don't know if he, he would have been main stage. But, yeah, no, no, absolutely not, like no. Yeah. As, I'm talking about as a pin-up. Like, yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah. No, I don't no, think no, he no. even sees himself mm. in that way. Yeah. He's trying to promote... That's not his... But that whole culture is not even a thing. Do you know what I mean? That's not really a thing. People, kids put posters on their walls anymore. No, there isn't really magazines like that. No. But you follow... You know me, you follow mate. You follow fans. Yeah, exactly. TikTok oh, yeah. pages and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but that's yeah. what they do. Like, do you know what I mean? You like him? Yeah, you exactly. Yeah, that's your post. That's your post. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Gunning people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a whole other conversation, but I hate the way that people feel that they're bound by. Them. You can di- literally dictate culture and change it. Just be, I say in quotes, just be smart about your marketing. But this default, oh, we're not going to be able to break through the the noise. It's uh, it's a big lie. It's a big lie. But, but I, I do it. think that sometimes the when they do... Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say, when they do make certain songs that are more R&B, R&B influenced, traditionally R&B influenced, they don't get played as much as and their... Back to labels and stuff. Yeah. And radio stations. Well, they don't get released. Mm. But also, I think it's a, it's a, we're in a good market at the moment, whereas although Tank's saying like it's hard for um, R&B artists to sell love today, there are loads of R&B artists that promote mm. love. Like, mm. I think as well... There's not that pressure to chart. There's not that pressure to be the biggest artist in the US or the UK. It's just about finding your tribe. We go back to finding your tribe and those yeah. 50,000 people that are going to follow you because that's going to pay your rent. That's going to yeah. pay your mortgage. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think with like going direct to the consumer, being able to upload music yourself, people being independent, having like independent distribution deals and stuff and just going straight to their market. Like, yes, the biggest R&B artist might not be um, giving us the music that we know and love yeah. or giving us that 90s R&B feeling but they, you can find it out there Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of artists that are there's artists that come over and sell out shows and you're like who I don't know who this yeah. is you never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. but they've got their tribe they've yeah. got their people Absolutely. that follow them they're never going to chart but they're definitely got people music ticking over mm-hmm. they're serving their yeah. audience they're serving yeah. their fan base and that R&B fan base is, is happy loves what they're doing but when maybe the mainstream doesn't know that that's it and mm-hmm. I think that's why what was important about me having that R&B show is that there wasn't a national R&B show playing new R&B music right. like that so um, and it's even on One Extra who as the home or like a place that amplifies black music culture we have to represent R&B mm-hmm. yeah. so that was like definitely my ammo when going in to start the R&B show 
Cool. Ooh. So we're talking about, you know, your, we've been talking about your career and how you've been in this thing for decades now. You know, you're, you're very well respected. You've got a great platform. But um, we all know that you recently went through quite a massive, huge um, health issue recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, thankfully, thank, praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ and all that stuff, you're out of that now. Mm-hmm. But could you tell us a little bit about what happened and where you are today? Yeah, so in 2018, I was uh, diagnosed with renal failure um, just after a random, like, doctor's appointment, actually. And I was having some back pain and I thought, like, let me just go and get this checked out. Um, and what was interesting was the back pain had nothing to do with my kidneys. It was just oh, like oh. a muscle thing. But they were like, they did a blood test anyway. And I was like, yo, your, your kidney function is really low. So we're going to monitor it. And then literally maybe like six weeks later, they was like, yeah, you're going to have to start dialysis. Um, wow. So, yeah. So, like, for those that don't know, dialysis, basically, um, a dialysis machine does the job of your kidney, which is to flush out all the toxins in oh. your body. And so what they do is they put two needles in my arm. So it's hemodialysis. They put two needles in your arm and they put you on this machine that basically cleans your blood. So, yeah. like, one needle takes your blood out and then they put it in the machine, it cleans it and it puts it back in. And that whole process takes four and a half hours. Wow. And so um, I was on dialysis three times a week four and a half hours I'd go uh-huh. I'd go there like five thirty, six o'clock leave about 11 Monday Wednesday Friday mm-hmm. and I was doing that for three and a half years three wow. years wow. Um, so yeah the way when you when you have renal failure you have to have a kidney transplant that's the mm. way to get okay. to get better and so I was like okay cool when I was originally diagnosed I was like okay cool how do I get a kidney mm. and they were like well no it doesn't really work like that you have to the wait for black people and someone of your age I was younger, younger at the time, obviously. Uh, it's three to six years for a black wow. person. Jesus. Um, where, like, white people don't have to wait anywhere near that time. Um, so I kind of took that on the chin, if I'm honest. I think we all know, like, as black people, you know that you're going to have to work harder, you might have to wait yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It is what it is, I'm just going to have to do it. Um, but then while I was just sitting, after the first year, I was like, yo, this is hard, man. Yeah. This is like, I don't know if I'm going to be like, like, this is, I didn't tell no one. I was just doing, yeah, I was just yeah. doing it. Mm. Didn't tell anybody. Um, which is probably dangerous, didn't tell, manage, didn't tell no one. So what did it, it know when you they were doing this? They didn't know that, like, maybe for the first, maybe six months, they, didn't, they had no idea. I was just getting on with it. Yeah. My show's in the morning, yeah. dialysis is in the evening. No one needs to know. Let me just mm. go and get on with it. Hopefully I'll get my transplant, I'll come back to work. No one will be, people will be none the wiser. Mm. Um, but it was getting difficult because I was having to turn things down and yeah. I can't go here because I've got to be at hospital. So eventually I had to tell them. They were very supportive. And then I had a I had a visit from uh, Bev and Oren from the ACLT mm. while I was on dialysis. Somebody had let them know that they had seen me in a dialysis right. unit or something like that. And they came and sat and just spoke to me about why me being in this position could help so many other people. Yeah. I have a platform, people know who I am, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going through this. And me using my platform could help a lot of other people mm. in this situation. Mm. And also maybe help me get my kidney a little bit earlier or yeah. sooner. So yeah, they convinced me to go public, and then once I went public, it's just uh, yeah. Eventually, are we going to the whole story? I went public like maybe I think like a year after, maybe a year and a half after I started dialysis, and um, worked with the NHS on like trying to get more black people to get on the organ donation list because uh, the numbers are quite scary, man. Like yeah. it's literally not like again, our wait is three to six years. You got to think I was sitting in the, a dialysis bed three years and in my section were like just black and asian people yeah. and 
we'd see like white patients come in and then like, after a few months they'd come in and go wow mm. we wouldn't even get to know their name it was yeah like, you know what i mean they, they, they were there quick in and out whereas we're just like sitting around looking at each other like when when is it going to be our time so that was just like really resonating with me and was like okay i do have this platform and there's things that i can do and um it was about me campaigning for not just me obviously i wanted yeah. to get out of my bed but um, I, there was a lot of other black people that were waiting as well and also so many black people that had the same attitude as me and not telling people that they mm-hmm. were doing yeah. this and it's like do you know what I'm saying was, I was getting messages from people like, like yeah I told my friends that um, I gotta look after my car, my mom, or I gotta run out I just go and do my dialysis or I go first thing in the morning someone knows I go before work wow. or I do it at home no one knows you know what I'm saying so there's yeah. like there's a lot of people that there's a lot of black people that don't wasn't telling people what was going on with them so that's another thing yeah the reason why is because we don't know how bad the problem is yeah because mm-hmm. no one's talking about it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um so there's obviously that like, an issue with black people registering to be organ donors but there's also a problem with black people not realizing that we need to talk about it we need to talk about yeah. it and there's loads of us that are in situations where we're waiting for organs we that's not even mm-hmm. spoken about enough so right now it's just about um me helping to campaign and spread the awareness and try and really start having conversations about why we are not registering to be organ donors not just living because i was blessed to have a living organ donor right know me and but there's there's people that pass away with their organs that you could have given it to somebody mm, in your yeah. family or somebody mm-hmm. so we just need to start having these conversations as to why we're not doing these things yeah i think i've been an organ donor from since i was um since i was allowed to be but okay. again it's this thing that you said about a living donor it, until you started talking about it, it didn't even register to me. I didn't even think about it. Um, it's just always I feel like if God forbid something happens to me, I feel like I want to be able to help someone else. Yeah. Because if God forbid I needed something, uh, I'd want say, someone to help exactly. me. So that was always my thought process. Um, but being a living donor, I remember I tried to go and give blood um, decades ago. And they said to me, oh, it's a problem with your veins. But now I think about it, it's where I went. I think if I went to somewhere like the ACLT like right. and went to those people, it would be, they'd help me more in the process. Mm-hmm. When I went, it was very much in a, in a white community and they were just like, no, you can't do this and you can't do that. So I don't know. I've oh. never gone back to see, yeah, to see if, it, if I can actually be a donor because they started telling me, I've got like quite thin veins and they started telling me we can't do stuff. So well, that's crazy as well because yeah. as, as a black person as well and we need black blood yeah like if you went to somewhere maybe i don't know where, what area it was but an, an area where they they they're aware of that they would have treated you like but yo this, come in red carpets yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? and like, i think as i've thought about yeah. it as time's gone on i i basically think that was the problem right. i didn't go to a black area okay who the people that i went to probably didn't understand that yeah. and it was just like a chain of people going in and right. out and i had right. got to the point where i was on the bed and then they said no we can't do anything mm. so i've always wanted to go back and like listening to you i know that is something i've got to do yeah. but I, my main point was i think the reason why a lot of black people don't put themselves down is because there's all that thing of they're going to use us they're going to do stuff for us you know like what are they going to do i could be ill and and then they're just switching me off or they're just going to take my there's that rhetoric that still goes around in the black community yeah Yeah. i think so um i uh met the aclt when i was in uni Mm -hmm. like and i've always try to bring them into what I'm doing and what do you know what I mean that kind of thing over the years and stuff I'm anemic so I can't give blood I've tried many times and like if you are anemic if you kind of like on iron tablets and stuff you can try and 
give birth again like a couple mm-hmm. of months later but I can't and stuff but I do think like there is like around the organ thing like definitely in I would say like an art upbringing there's a religious aspect mm. kind of thing around that that needs to be dispelled and I think that my first kind of that questioning that came from Bevan Oren um Oren um do you know what I mean like them kind of like like really just you know just making me think about it you know like well what you know if you was in that situation what would you want mm. and stuff and that up until that point although I was quite young I'd never even considered right, right? Do you know it was like an absolute no mm. if anyone asked me because that's that's what I was taught right. do you know what I mean and like no one in my community would um you would be seen as incomplete in the afterlife yeah. if mm-hmm. that was the case do you know what I mean so they wouldn't even question I don't know I don't know about not now right. but like back then for sure do you know yeah. what I mean like it was it was really seen as like quite a detrimental thing and that you're 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 you were jeopardizing your eternity yeah, almost. Do you know what I mean? I feel so like it's I've just remember, like, yeah, I remember hearing yeah. something And if, it, if the doctrine hasn't that. changed, then it's, it's that. It's still, yeah. 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 It's that. But how do you get on the living register? So it's, that's literally, it's not a living register. That's okay. more so, so like you want to go and get tested out. Maybe you're, you have somebody in mind or. Um, I, I, to be fair, I'm is not that the only it. way? That's it. That's what I was because I always thought it was if you know somebody and you then go and get tested. Yeah. So if we the it, a, a, a yeah. you can you can get tested. I think yeah, um, because there was the whole bone marrow yeah, thing that they yeah. were doing okay. a few years back to see mm-hmm. if yeah. there's anybody there's that yeah. you're a match with yeah. and then you go forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, you can put yourself forward, but definitely blood donation. Mm. That should be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I tried that one as well and stuff. Yeah, no, um, I, I. I didn't follow through. Yeah. Like we were speaking about this not too long ago. I didn't follow through on it. So I went with an ACLT drive at Carnival okay. a few years ago. Went through, went to Power Square, went into the tabernacle, me and my friend, and I'm there like ready, like, yeah, I'm ready. And then they took a small sample test. And I was like, you've actually got, it's not sickle cell, but I think I have another oh, trait. trait of something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And it was like, yeah, you should probably get that scene to, right. like you can't give blood. Okay. And then I just mm. never did. Right. So I don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's not sickle cell because I've got tested for okay. that, but I think it's a, it's similar. Right. There's a few that There's black few and Mediterranean people have. Yeah, yeah I've um, got low I've neutral cells. Well. I've got yeah. sarcoidosis yeah. yeah. and I've got sickle cell trait. So they said no to the sarcoidosis that I had, mm. um, which is a long thing that affects. I don't know what the deal is, but if you had sarcoidosis, apparently you can't donate. But, um, and I had the fear as well of being more like being in the situation and the racist hospital not wanting me to live because I'm a black person. It's, and it seems quite silly, but there is a real genuine mistrust of the NHS. There's 100% and yeah. the care, It's yeah. the care about yeah. us on that table. Um, or that they're only going to take what you consent to. There's yeah. just so many stories. So many, yeah, yeah, there are. Let me just like, dispel that, that myth about if you're on a table and they'll just turn off the machine all that stuff. That even if that happened and you got a donor card, like they can't use your 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 organ. They still have to get consent from a yeah. family. But like there's still mm-hmm. loads of things they have okay. to do. But they can't just be like, oh what, that person matches that person. Ooh, all right, yeah, let's just look up. They, they can't do that. There's still there's still things that they need yeah. to do mm-hmm. before they take your organ out. So that's one thing. But also, more so, like I don't have all the answers, but the yeah. answers are out there. Yeah. And I feel like our parents and the, yeah. that generation didn't necessarily have the information that we have. So mm-hmm. we can't be 
we can't be running you using like that as an excuse. Yeah. You know I mean, they didn't have the information yeah. we do. So we have no, we can't be like, I always tell this story about when I was like 17 and I was filling out the driver's license form and you get to the donor bit and I'm like, yo mom, do I fill out this part? And she's like, no, no, don't do that. And I was like, I never questioned why. Like yeah. I've never said like, well, what's the reason? And I could imagine today, she'd be like, okay, well, this is something to think about. She's mm-hmm. just like, her son's just received it. Yeah. And that, that's, and now she probably feels bad about that, but it's just like, what we need to have these conversations as to mm. why that is automatically no we don't do that why are these like why are some of our aunties not you guys obviously sending these whatsapp yeah. messages around like yeah. about like them trying to take organs and don't trust the nhs or opt out of this and this mm. is like what we're actually doing is harming each other yeah you know yeah what i'm saying we're like we're actually there's like a brother or sister aunt or uncle in a bed that could be helped by somebody and what you're doing is actually keeping them in that bed longer than they need to be yeah, yeah. because you're spreading false information yeah right so um changing the subject slightly yeah. <laughs> um, but as a fellow south londoner know you know we're the best yeah. you know? okay hmm? <laughs> i said <laughs> okay <laughs> uh how much influence did coming from south london and also your heritage like have on you know like have on you in general that kind of thing yeah um yeah like i think it's everyone though. i think that's just a london thing like mm. wherever you go somewhere <laughs> you want to represent where you're from and like, i remember being in america a few times and be like, and they're like oh where are you from and i'm like south london i don't just say london i don't say you say, you say and they're like right yeah, is, you it, do. is it that serious yes. like, you have to say south <laughs> yeah. london so yeah like um why are you guys like that? i don't know no, why it's I like really that it's so proud it's just like it's like you really don't care. americans say if you go to anywhere in the world in, in a club and you scream it's brooklyn in a house yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that. that's the south thing. london i think it's i think it's the scale but i feel like it's the scale of it like brooklyn's like huge isn't it so like london's not as big so people want to just keep their little thing in it i feel yeah, like it's that we just we're so like super proud but yeah like and we it, were the biggest don't you feel like we were the biggest crowd at every party yeah, yeah that's because, that's we're the biggest that's because area, because like, the biggest yeah. actual yeah. area yeah. it's yeah. only you know what you sound like right now jamaican it's all the landmass it's just landmass it's just landmass no but i say jamaican biggest country oh you not too see it's the landmass again landmass i say i say to jamaicans when they bring it they are i say it all the time all you lot have got is landmass that's all you want to talk about people you got people man if you go like school, like the furthest southeast, which would be like Abbey Wood or something, yeah. to like Chelsea, is that that's like an no, hour and a half. South, south is south, huge. Southeast to southwest is massive. Yeah, like, it is. That's like an hour and a half drive. It needed Chelsea more. Is not like there needed to be more cuts. Chelsea yeah. itself, it's southwest. southwest. But it's, yeah. I understand. But if you go to Chelsea, they're not going to say they're from South London. That's I'm just okay. letting you know. Well, yeah. yeah. really? so so I lived in Fulham for twenty years. Battersea South. Battersea South. Wait, it's the water. It's the water. Yeah, yeah. Once you go over, over the water, the once you south. go over the water, a West Londoner or a South West Londoner is not going to say, like, if you live in Fulham, I lived in Fulham for 20 years. I know, Fulham, no, West, London. West London. It's West, West London. London. It is West. It is West. It is South West. It is South of West. It is South West. Fulham is South West. Fulham are neighbours. I know they are. You go over the water, bruv. To get to Putney, you've got to go over the bridge. 
Between the two, yeah. South and West has a lot of culture yeah, in both. Definitely. There's just more of you guys in a okay, race. Landmass. South yeah. would make the most amount of noise. Then I'll say it probably was West London would be second. No, East. It's I think no, sometimes not, not West was era. like very East is big enough. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. loud. Yeah, no. And then and you would the have got to look in. Yeah. And then North. Yeah. Let's but sometimes it, North was like two people like hey. yeah. <laughs> 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 I used to find out about West so I feel like West didn't yeah, have nowadays it's like, like I was in West London things but oh, South okay. and that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. thing that we always used to say South Londoners will travel. go absolutely yeah, anywhere they travel yeah. it's true you'll be, you'll you be in America and will say and dominators we want things it's so we could have this conversation for a whole show oh heritage as well um yeah, of course. Um, I'm my mum's Ghanaian, uh, my dad's Saint Lucian, and um, yeah, that's always been a part of it of my culture. Um, yeah, I mean, being black and from London, you could like London, British cultures is not really not that it's not our thing. Obviously, we're ingrained in it. We go to school in it, but we grew up with our parents and listening to yeah, our parents yeah. and eating our parents' fam our food from our, um, our motherlands and like. That heritage is always going to be ingrained in any black Londoner. Yeah. Like, of a certain age, I would say. Yeah. Obviously, like, the newer generation's parents that were, like, maybe born here or... Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? But our parents who were from other places, we're always going to have that initially. Like, mm. it's where our music comes from. It's where our humour comes from. It's where, like, everything, style, everything, we get that from our parents and, mm. and our families. All right. So and then we mix it with the British and then that's why we're just lit. Yeah. See, that is a mixture of cultures. Yeah. Get airy pose, man. <laughs> um, so another celebration that we're experiencing right now is uh, the evolution of black British music. The documentaries are on TV. Um, they're rolling out weekly on BET UK, uh, exec produced and created by Nikki Slimting and Femi Oyeniran. Yes. Um, our friends. Um, but what one part, such part, because they did another documentary as well, is the channel you moment which you were super part oh, of oh yeah and just just because we're celebrating black music and stuff like that um it's just you were a part of that movement as well mm-hmm. the base of is in the ill out show that's where i first met you guys i was a researcher and a bunch of other things at channel u but um so it's my birthing ground <laughs> literally literally um um the birthing place for some of us our careers mm-hmm. are you surprised again it's about the surprise and looking back on that legacy and being part of such a cultural moment as the channel u platform and the artists that came through it um yeah. Okay, legacy. I, th- I think 
I'll be lying if I said I was surprised because we've always said like there's always been this thing is that oh, we're only like 10 years behind America. Okay. We used to always say that oh, we're, we're 10 years behind, we're 10 years behind. So we could see it. We could see like the pivotal moments. You could relate channel you to, I don't know, MTV. You could Yo, see, MTV, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. could see the levels. And obviously it would, that channel you was way after your MTV raps, but you could see where it was going. You could see like early Jay-Z on on uh, your MTV raps and you saw what you went on to do, you could see early Skepta on yeah. the Art Show and then you yeah. see, so like, although, yeah, I would say it was a surprise, yes, I'm glad it happened, but that was the plan, if I'm totally yeah. honest. We, yeah. we, I feel like, not just us, obviously we're part of it, but we could see what was about to happen and I feel like everybody just felt if we had, had an opportunity and we removed certain gatekeepers, because obviously there was a time when it was just one in, one out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've got we've got our rapper. Like no one else is going to do it. But once there was an opportunity for us to take go directly to consumer, and we didn't necessarily need the labels and these gay people saying, "Oh, just one in, one out," we could tell what we was going to do. And I felt like I feel like it's evident today. We've seen so many black young black millionaires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. And and we're still not where the Americans are. Yeah. In regards yeah. to like we need we need our moguls. And I yeah. think that's an issue. Like we need our millionaires. We need black millionaires to launch a radio station and launch a a TV channel and launch a clothing line. We haven't quite got there yet. Yeah. Yes, mm. we've got black millionaires making loads of money all over T V on the charts and whatnot. But now I think is the time when we need that mogul. Yeah, um, yeah, you're and right. Once we get that, is when that's gonna we're gonna t do a turn another corner. Yes, we're creating industry now, but it's like we are we've infiltrated their industry. Whereas who do you see that ours, could that, be? Who do you think that could be? It, it could be it could be Stormzy. It could mm. be it could be Dave. It could mm. be it could, there's like there's there's artists that we have that have got um that have just cultivated this this following and 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 they're doing like they're doing mogul shit. Yeah. behind the scenes mm. but mm -hmm. what I'm talking about the, the when, for Stormzy to have a publishing company yeah. and yeah. all of these things that like he's got the mindset to do it so yeah, yeah I just feel like we, once we have that mogul we're going to see it turn again yeah. 100% yeah. where were the episodes of the Ill Out show? so do you know what me and Viz were talking about that so we met up we obviously were together on Tuesday so Viz has got a load of episodes I've got a load of Thank episodes you. and we're just working out what we're going to do before. Thank you because yeah. I want my credit <laughs> I, I knew it would come back to you. Yeah, no, <laughs> can, it yeah. on, can it go on YouTube? Like, um, is that you, you guys? I think IP? we need to look at. We need, well, yeah, it is our IP actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. But then uh, obviously there's like music rights and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So we have to just work out how to do it. But I think some at some kind of, we uh, we we've, we've um one each uh, being twenty years. I've like pulled out all these old hard drives. I found mm. so much old footage and pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a dock in there somewhere. Yeah, one hundred percent. I am so like it was. The first job out of uni was like one of the best moment of my life. It's good times. Like having a career like that in that space. Good times. Can yeah. you give me one second? I just need to check on it. Carnival is back. <laughs> <laughs> are you playing? Are you going? Yes. What's the I motive? Will be, uh, I'm still working out where and when. But I will definitely be playing. I'll be playing on the home float. Oh, okay. Um, that's J2K's yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. And I usually play with Robbo on a Monday as well. Okay. Um, 
can't, I don't remember the name, but yeah, Carnival. I love my last Carnival experience was so good that I'm actually nervous about going this year. Oh, really? I don't, I don't want it to be any like my last Carnival was sick 2019 Carnival, yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a Carnival just before lockdown. Yeah. It was the first time mm-hmm. I took my daughter Carnival, she had like had a great time. Oh, bless. Um, and I was on Sunday, and then on a Monday, I got super drunk. So, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> Carnival is like one of my highlights of the year. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm like last time, <laughs> you're going with everyone. Last time, <laughs> my 2019 as well was yeah. probably like the best carnival I'd had in Whoever years. Was banging, everything in years. Because yeah. usually I'm just like, because mm, I obviously from West London, like I got to you a point where it's death, like, it? yeah, yeah done, you do it to death. It. And then also when they started changing it, they start cutting off the roots and cutting right. off the time. It got to a point where I was like, ah, oh, band carnival, you yeah. know, annoy me. I want to go down this road. What do you mean I can't go down that road? <laughs> yeah. like, those sort of things yeah. started happening. So I kind of like just used to go and stick to the Grenada corner because I don't want to go into all those crowds. But this year, or in 2019, I was about it. And I remember I got super drunk, fell asleep in my car at the end of it. We won't talk about that. Um, follow <laughs> floats or just to a sound? Yeah, what do just, you guys do? Do you follow floats I'll, or just everything. go to a sound? Do everything. A little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. Stick with the float for a little bit, get bored, move on, yeah. go somewhere else. But this year, me and my sisters are going in, and I cannot you do wait. I want because I never went to Grenada this year as well. Mm. I'm desperate to get out. <laughs> I'm there. a sound girl. I never follow a float. Really? Mm. I'd go straight to Rampage okay. and hang on that corner mm. and Power Square. That's yeah, it. I don't yeah. think. Everything. Oh. oh yeah, sorry my question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted by carnival. Yeah. Um, so what is the end goal for you? What does success look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so big, right? No, I'm just <laughs> questions, you know? Oh my days, what does success look like for me? Um just wanna be happy, man. Mm, I think I like um that. Yeah, it's wanna be happy. I want like I want everyone to be proud of me. I want uh to be in a situation where I can look after everybody that I love. Um, I want to keep promoting good music. I want to be able to keep, keep being able to broadcast in whatever way I want to. Um, and I want to be in a position to help bring back, like give back and mm-hmm. bring like, who is the next ace? I, I think we spoke about it earlier about the kind of the blurriness between podcasting and broadcasting at the moment. And I think there's a lot of people that are amazing at broadcasting that maybe think that they can and it's not necessarily the same discipline but there's a lot of like kids that have gone to school mm. like me I literally mm. studied radio like I didn't yeah. get into radio out of doing like pirate or like, maybe I had a, a pirate show maybe like a odd but I never was like that guy that did pirate or was an artist or nothing I literally went to school and college to mm. learn this yeah. to do this and I think there's other kids like that that are maybe not getting those opportunities because there's a lot of other people that are in yeah. in their lane mm. for whatever reason. So yeah, I think the the new batch of broadcasters, people that ne- that really love radio, uh, I'd love to be able to help come through. Yeah. Okay. All right. Big up all the broadcast the podcasters though. That wasn't me taking shots. <laughs> it was yeah. like do your thing. But yeah, but shots if, if you if you've like really studied broadcasting, I think that you should have the opportunity to be able to broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> don't because people are going to think I'm taking shots, shots fired fam <laughs> um, right now's the time this is the bit where the aunties have rounded you at the party right we're in your business we're in your face it's quick fire round he quick knows answers. right <laughs> we're going to get you in your business bro what's your relationship status take him what does that mean take him that sounds aggressive I'm in a relationship you were forced into the relationship no <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say, don't you say single wow. or single? No, you're showing it. Wow, she's trapping it. She is, she is. Wow. In a relationship. Okay. Uh, I had... Sorry. Yeah. 
saying what do you want with kids? kids? Because the other one said it was the last question before. Okay, okay, so. I, okay so you have two kids? I have two kids, yes. Do you want any more? No. Oh. oh. No, the shop is shut. The shop is shut. Why? <laughs> Party done. I can't imagine that 41 years old doing nappies and waking up in the morning. and There's things I want to do that I don't think will be conducive to me having a baby. Okay. Oh. Fair enough. I have yeah. an offline question, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I have um, follow up questions. I have follow up questions too. Really? But yeah, Why? I'm just not in it. Like, I've already done it. I've got a boy <laughs> and a girl. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's fair. He's in his What does that, that conjure up? I don't understand. I'm lost. It's fine. It's fine. I don't understand. That's fine. Oh, you're saying like, are you saying because I don't have to carry a baby? Is that no, no, My question was more about like, but the reason why I was saying it offline because um. Does your partner have children? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, fine. Because sometimes I think what happens with men is they get with men in later life, they have their children, and they get with someone who doesn't have children, and they believe that that person's not going to want children. And sometimes that's why that doesn't happen. Oh, okay. That's why I said that. All right, cool. Stop it today. You guys are proper nosy. That's um, what I said offline. No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't even have to say that. <laughs> what kind of uncle um, are you? Like, like what, 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 what? Your nieces and nephews. Oh, like, okay, no, I'm fun. How would they describe you? I'm fun. I'm Uncle Ace, isn't it? Like Uncle Ace. Like we can hang out in the studio, like play music. My uncle's on the radio, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm cool. Okay. You get them, you get them in yeah, places, yeah. to places. No one that like. Sh- Hides the money in their palm. And oh, oh, you can be my uncle. You can be my uncle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell your favorite auntie something that you haven't told your mum or dad. I want a juicy secret. We've had a good run. So We've been collecting the pressures on. I tell my mum a lot of stuff. Mum's chatty. Well, tell us. And auntie's actually super cool as well. <laughs> of all the aunties, she's super cool. Like it. But tell us something that you haven't told her. Um, that you ain't told nobody. I don't know. You're don't, a I'm, DJ. I'm you guys open. do stuff I, all yeah, the time. Tell, tell, tell a secret. I don't have a secret, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> What's the wildest it? thing that, that has happened to you being a DJ? The mm. wildest thing. Explicit. Yeah. On air or off it? Off no, it. Like out. He's in, in, this is in the Everything. dark, man. Bring us, Come on. Serious. <laughs> Bring it to light. Let us know. And you don't have to name names. to me as a DJ. Yeah. Uh-huh. See? See that? that See there. that laugh that there. There, that there? I don't think wild thing. I'm vanilla, you know? Mm. No, but what? I'm you trying to tell me? You trying to tell me no one's come up to you like during a set and like made some extreme kind of... Those things happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. The most famous person that's done that to you, propositioned you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have those kind of stories. This is terrible. <laughs> he blatantly does. He, he does. Terrible. It's the smile. I know you do. He blatantly does. Did, no, someone said You're to you, absolutely "Come to my crib." <laughs> yeah, I work for the Beeb. <laughs> I worked for the Beeb. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> There's no what? No story. No, like something probably I did in the house. Maybe like this is one time I burnt the carpet. Oh, why? Because it's like, you know, he's at home, you're messing around. I think I was like home ill and I was just messing around. I burned the carpet and then before mum got home, I just rearranged the front room so that oh, there was a, a rug <laughs> over the bird. Until you never knew. She never knew until we left. Auntie, have you seen what your son had Until there? you left? Yeah. And then did she oh, did you like, like, up then? No, I just like, oh, no, why did that happen? I didn't remember that. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to get in trouble for that. 
you gaslit your mum. Literally. Okay, so now tell us something that can make us proud of you, like redeem yourself. Something that would make you proud of me. Um, 20 years at One Extra, man. Yeah, I, yeah, we nice. worked out on my show last week that I've done 10,000... What? 105 hours. Wow. wow. There you go. Well, eight now, because I did a show after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on air. And they say to be a master at anything. Yeah, 10,000 yeah. 10, 10, 10, hours. Yeah. That's wow. amazing. So we worked out. Yeah. I've had various different time slots and different... Yeah, you've been all over again. Yeah. 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 What's your favourite slot? You need to do masterclass. I like this one. I do like Perfect. this, but I love Sunday nights, like the mm. one extra R&B shows, definitely yeah. me. Um, it's actually moving to a Saturday night soon, so okay. that should be yeah. something different. But yeah, I'm enjoying the R&B show, getting to speak to like legends as well. Yeah, as you do. Speak to some amazing people. And yeah, obviously I'm like I'm a huge fan of R&B music and I feel like it's in a great place at the moment. So yeah, Sunday, it's like being, and also doing specialist radio is different. I've only ever really, it's like my second year doing it, where I've been on the radio for 20 years and I've only ever done daytime, which mm. is like, popular culture and yo what's going on in the movies today and this film's out and talking about love island and like mm-hmm. that's been me for like 18 years and now i get to just really like talk to people about music mm-hmm. like yo, this is this person and what do you think about this and it's it's like yeah it's a new version of what i've been doing over the last 20 years all right what's the family mm-hmm. saying that you grew up hearing that you either wholeheartedly embrace and pass on to your kids and you live by it, or one that you're like i'm never doing that i'm never saying that I don't live by it. I reject it because it got on my nerves as a child. Oh, the saying that I give to them. The saying that you grew up hearing. Yeah. Like, and either you take it on as like. This I've, is said, your I've said this before. Like, I, and again, I don't want to get too racy, but I'm never going to tell my kids that you have to work twice as hard. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because I think that's been installed into us, and I think that we just are just happy to be like, okay, you got to work twice as hard to our kids, and it's like, well, no you shouldn't have to and if you are being made to work twice as hard well, you have to let us know you yeah. have to call it out mm. I think rather than just saying oh you're just gonna have to work twice as hard like okay that's not a solution that's not yeah. that's not fair and we shouldn't be too yes life isn't fair but we shouldn't they shouldn't have that from that young like fair. that life isn't fair they should be thinking yo everybody should be treating me equally and if they're not we're now in a position where we can speak and say well I'm calling that call out because you're making me do that and you're not making that person do that well, what's the reason so I'm, I will never say to him now, you have to work twice as hard. I'm, I'm aware that they might have to, but I'm also going to say, well, if they're making you work twice as hard, tell me or we're going to call it out. Mm. See, I'm I like that because at first, when you first said it, I was like, where are you going with this? Then? Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But then yeah. as you followed it up, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to get to the point where it's like, why? Why am I working twice yeah. as hard? And we're not having it. I call it out. Learn to call like, it out yeah, from yeah, the beginning. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... Do you have a problem that you would like the aunties to solve for you? <laughs> I have loads. But we come then, come, come, come. Do I have a problem that... Um, uh, one for camera. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> that is a, is a good question. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? You be good at this. Aww. So like... 4-1 <laughs> is my age at the moment, yeah? Yeah. Like, I have to say... Okay. Words, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, but okay. I sometimes look at myself and think, maybe you should dress that. Like that. Oh, why <laughs> did you say she'd be good for this? She starved me before. Oh, oh okay. Fine. You? Yeah, you have. <laughs> You've got so much on your CV. I feel like you have. No, I feel like you have. Did I? I feel like you have too. You were doing a lot at Channel U, so you probably were. I feel like you have. Okay, I might have. 
So like, I want it credited. <laughs> I definitely don't feel like I'm somebody that's chasing you. Right, because that's something that's very unattractive to me. I don't want to be the old DJ trying to appeal to young people. Mm. Various different. Yes, preach. (laughs) No, I'm happy to to age. Okay, and that's something Mm. I actually really want to do. Yeah, I've seen people do it gracious, graciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you get to a point where it's like, okay, do you change the way you like? You look exactly. We've had this conversation. We've had it as well. Just being older women. Um, I think. uh, I think you continue to dress the way you dress, or look the way you look, and be the way you be that you feel comfortable. Don't try appeal to the audience necessarily. Appeal to yourself and what you're comfortable with. If there's an element of attire or style that DJs generally there's a blueprint. and if it's kind of like the DJ uniform, you just have to, is there a uniform? I guess some bare DJs wear hoodies and casual wear, I don't know. But, you know, in the hip hop scene, in the black culture the scene, culture. in the culture. So there's that fashion, but I think you dress according to who you are. And it, like, if you started wearing a suit for no reason, just because you're looking at R&B think, think and a silk it. shirt, I might be like, bro, what go on? But it's, it's, it's got to be, it's got to be it's stylish. Got to be it's got to be I you. did see a 65-year-old in an Adidas <coughs> tracksuit the other day, and he did look quite ridiculous and came rose. But to be fair, that 65-year-old that's wearing the Adidas tracksuit, he was probably around when Adidas tracksuits first started yeah, coming out and having gamers. It was the age and much. body type. Of, okay. It was literally, I saw it and I was like, I know, yeah, he probably was wearing it in the 80s mm. and... He looked fly, but now it was just that you know, like oh my Enough god, now. that is gonna take yeah. place. Like we are gonna see that more. So I don't know, but I I agree. Personal style is more important than chasing fashion, yeah. and I think that should just be for everybody. Is cultivating that what your personal style is? Yeah, yeah. But young yeah, well, guys, your personal style could be juvenile. But it's, yeah. I think it's a, a if you're youthful as well, though, you can pull it off, innit? Yeah. Okay. There, there's, there's something to that but i do think you know like style trends like super tight skinny jeans now right. that are like on top of your ankles yeah okay. <laughs> and then stuff in do your you want to see that allow it. like on a six-year-old no that is, there's, there's ways and means to it yeah i think like you, you can't be seen as trying too hard yeah. that's the thing it yes. just has to be it's natural to, to be natural. you yes, like you know like if he was to start wearing like what are the kids wearing like bonnets like some of the boys they're wearing bonnets now. Wearing bonnets yeah. now. yeah, and they're wearing oh, like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my friends we start wearing yeah. socks and crocs. Socks and crocs. Even granddads can wear socks and crocs. There's an age. Yeah, that, but that, like yeah. personally, I think wear what you want, yeah. to be honest, but you do have to be comfortable. Like if you care too much about what other people think, it's not gonna work, is it? If you're in the mirror for ten hours, like, does this look good? Because you're not sure. That means you don't want to wear it. Okay. Yeah. My thing is definitely wear what you're comfortable with. Don't follow fashion. Yeah. And that's that. Thanks, aunties. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, nephew. That was so vanilla, but yeah. 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 It really was. You know there was like a proper (laughs) question in there. (laughs) (laughs) He did say on air. (laughs) (laughs) Offline. Offline conversation we're going to have here. (laughs) All right, all right, because now we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you, Uncle Ace. That was wonderful. Um, Now we're going to find out what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week. My phone's closed. I don't know who's first. It's Uncle Ace. Uncle Ace. That's the usual route. What's made you sad, mad, and then glad this week? Sad would be AJ. Oh. You have to say AJ losing was sad. Um, big up to him though, man. He can definitely bounce back. Mm. 
Um, Glad would no, be... No, mad. Mad, sorry. Mad <laughs> would be... Um, what made me angry this week? I know there was something as well. Something definitely irritated me. I don't know. Was it driving? It's probably, yeah, driving is always irritating. And uh, for you. It's probably like something I've seen on social media, man. I'm probably just hating on somebody with loads of money or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I saw the... Do you see Gemma from Love Island's mansion? Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. well, I didn't see that. I saw a picture of it. Is this the family garden? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in a garden. It's a park. Did that make you mad? Did make me mad? It's just like, why are you going to Love Island to this, watch? You know what? Honestly, no, no. I saw oh, when she, she was going into life. the house and meeting the dogs. Oh, okay. Like when she got home, and I was like, you took some somebody's place yeah. who yeah. should have had this opportunity but she to wasn't, grow. she wasn't going on it for the 50k. No. She was no, going no, on it for no, the no, sales. No, but it's the fame. That's yeah, what she's gone on yeah. for. But that's like, what she's that's taken. What, it's, it's an interview. It's an audition. People don't go on these flipping, um, what they call the reality shows. But she can pay a PR. She can pay a PR. That's somebody's opportunity. Glad is one extra 20 years anniversary. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, my sad is August is on crack it's flying past the year is ending it's scary ah! mad the dip in weather and rain I, I need <laughs> we do need rain but can it just rain at night time so in the morning I can just be free nope. and can the sun raise itself a little just dial it up a little bit please nope. thanks um, and I'm really glad that the reader's back it's one of my favourite podcasts Kid Fury had a really um, one of the presenters had a really serious moment a few months ago or a month or so a couple of weeks ago sorry um and it's really an emotional, heartbreaking episode where he said his mental health was in um, in question and he was really, really, really struggling. And listening to that episode, especially someone who's listened to from day one and before when he was a, pod, um, a YouTuber, it was very heartbreaking to see. And it's, it kind of made me reflect about the influence and we have on our audience, whatever you do in the public eye and when people depend on you and then the pressures and stuff like that. But anyway, they're back. They had an episode which I was going to say, Auntie Sharding, you must listen to. Because they are huge Beyonce stands and their breakdowns of any release that Beyonce does as a fan. It's just like yeah, heartwarming. They go to all of the songs. They go it? to everything <laughs> and they just like unapologetically don't give a fuck and they defend <laughs> Beyonce to the hill. It's, it's <laughs> a show for you 100%. I'm glad they're back. And then also last night, I had, yesterday I had a great time at 51st Day. Grown folks business. I got to dance forever and ever to Garage. I don't get to hear Garage in the way that I want to hear Garage. Mm -hmm. And I heard pretty much 90% of the tunes that I wanted to hear. That took me back to 95. And I'm also super glad about our live show and coming up in the Barbican this Friday. Yeah, this Friday. Mm -hmm. Auntie Farrops made you sad, mad and glad. Mm, I am sad at the state of <coughs> my finances because no matter what happens you never have enough money so i'm sad at that I, that i'm not a millionaire yet oh yeah so that's it i am mad this leads on to my mad i'm mad at the cost of flipping tires so my two front tires i've got a mini cooper s right and my two front tires needed replacing because they were getting to the point where if the police stopped me i'm gonna be in trouble so and i do a lot of motorway driving so i went to replace my tires why were Minnie trying to tell me 600 and something pounds? Wow. Like, Jeez. okay, I get that they're run flats, but I don't need to have run flat tires. Why are they 600 and something pounds? So then I had to go to about five tire shops, right? Wow. To try and find tires that were all right. When I find, finally found a tire shop, why is it that my nut for my tires, my wheels, is missing? So oh. then I had to drive to Minnie get them to replace it, sit in there for about two hours whilst they put standard locks on. Then I thought, let me not go back to that first place that gave me the good price because it might be, it's too far. 
And then I had to go to all these other tire shops and be spoken to by these men who thought that I don't know what I'm talking mm. about. Yes, I know they run flats. No, I don't want run flats. Just give me standard tires. No, they're not 90 pounds. They're 65. <laughs> do you want? Yes, I do. It was annoying. So that got me super, super mad. And yeah, um, I just don't like the cost of tires. It's just too much. And then my glad is that I spent a weekend with my girlies. We went to 51st State. That was really, really exciting um, and fun. And I just like being outside. And my niece came with us. And yeah, she was just really like, yeah. yeah. My niece, Amira, came with us. And she was just like, oh, my God. Your friends are so cool. I love them. And I was like, they love you, too. Don't get carried away. Where are you going? No, come back here. Um, and then I'm glad that we've got our live show at the Barbican. And I'm super glad that Carnival is back. Exactly. And I'm looking to get on bad. And if you see me in the streets, don't ask me no questions. I won't tell you no lies. <laughs> Auntie Nana. Okay, I'm sad um, that Darius Dinesh has passed. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I didn't realise how much I really, like, loved that dude. And I was watching back the old clips from when he was in Pop Stars. And I, re I loved that show. So I was like, oh, my God, this guy. And he's, like, our age. Yeah, and yeah that right. just yeah. kind of, like, stunned me. So that made me sad. Um, mad yesterday, well, this morning, really, like reading some of the tweets and people chatting shit about AJ. And it's just like, just allow him. That was making me mad. And I'm glad about our first live show as well in the Barbican this Friday. Please buy tickets. They start from £8. And that is your aunties could never and friends. So please buy tickets. They're available from the Barbican website. See, Uncle Ace picked up his phone to book tickets now. Oh, Follow yeah. his lead. <laughs> He's going to buy Use 20. Use the code auntie. Yeah. Yeah. You get a discount. Yeah. yeah. Buy 20. Thanks. Buy 20. Yes. 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 <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend. So sad about AJ, although I'm happy that he's you know, I think he's a good lad, to be honest, kind of thing. So I think he should be proud of himself. I know you couldn't answer Ooh. that question, but I do think he should. Um, uh, I am mad about... Oh, this is a difficult one. And I, and it's actually something we should probably talk about. Okay. But black businesses in the service... Oh, yeah. You mm. provide services. Okay. we got to get into it. That might be a Patreon episode, actually. Yes. Let's go. That's a good They've one. They've made me mad. Yeah, mm. yeah. These last couple of weeks, and I am a supporter of black businesses. Do you know what I mean? That is my way of life. And yeah, I'm just mad. I'm mad this week. Um, but yeah, uh, and I'm glad that Carnival is a week away. Uh, those that don't know, I'm working on a massive project for Carnival. I can talk about it probably next week, Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk about what we've done. Um, but I'm really, really excited. It's been a challenge, but I'm really excited about what's to come. I'm also glad to be wearing Tawani. My Tawani. Oh, yes. Tawani and Heritage. Sponsored. Lovely hair company. Please check them out. And then also our live show next week. I'm very glad about that too. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And so now we're going to quickly run through our Spotify playlist. We every week we give you some tunes that we're going to add to our your aunties could never play. Let's find it on Spotify. This today, I mean, inspired by um, Fifty First Date, my thing was tunes from live events that blew you away. I don't even know why that was Fifty First Date. But yeah, there were some performances. Anyway, quickly for me, Prince, I would die for you live at the O2. Jay Z, Pink, Big Pimpin live at Hammersmith Palais, and um, Beyonce party. Um, we like to party live in Amsterdam for my daughter's thirtieth, thirteenth. <laughs> Sorry, 30th, 13th. Okay. Aging yourself. Yeah, those are the live performances of my experiences that were great. I don't know if you guys have got some. I know it was quick. Uh, I'm going to say just quickly, 
Niggas in Paris, Jay Z and Kanye. Oh my God! Watch the Throne tour. Yeah, I swear it was was it O two? Oh my God! They had like oh six (laughs) times, bro. They reloaded. It was it was so sick. I took one of my nephews. Oh, it was a blast. It was just so good. And also taking one of my other nephews, um, Drake. What's the song? You used to call me on a cell phone. Like the the lighting arrangement. They had like these balls in like pastel colours like coming up and down. It was just magical. It was beautiful. Yes. Yeah, those yeah, no. those. The I can't think of anything, but other than watching Beyonce, um, Homegrown on Homecoming. Homecoming. Oh, Homecoming. Well. Yeah, I've yeah. watched that so many times. Yeah, yeah. any song from there, I think yeah, she did yeah. it brilliantly. Amazing job. Um, so I'm also gonna say niggas in Paris, but I'm gonna say it in Paris because when we, oh. when we went to Paris yeah, and they did it, it was amazing, and I think they reloaded like twelve times. Yes, yeah, and mad. it got to about six, and us lot were like, we're going in the mosh pit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're getting in there. We're getting, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, gonna get in there. So yeah, that concert was uh, the best concert by far I've mm. ever been to to date. I still that's still oh, wow. one. Yeah, today. Today. Oh, wow. No, it was okay. one of my favorites. Absolute favorite concert. I think it was the being away for it and okay. just them together their their um their vibe off of one another. It was yeah. just yeah, it was great. I love that concert. Um also I would say Beyoncé and Nicki Minaj again in Paris. Okay, so yeah. Mm. When they were doing, I think it's feeling myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one, that was super, super good. And I'm gonna take homecoming as yeah. well. Anything from that. Yeah. But I wasn't there. But yeah, but of course I know, homecoming. But just, so, yeah. I'm gonna say Wizkid at Afro oh Nation, God. Portugal, first time round. Oh mm. my yeah, god! It's a song, pick a song. Song. Yeah. Oh. For the playlist. Okay, then fine. What was the best song? <sighs> what was the best song? We don't have time. No, it's all of them. Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go back then. If it has to be something I was at, I'm gonna take um, Grenada, So Come On Arc. But we're going back years, probably about like 2006 or eight, and it's Mr. Killer who's who's gone viral now for his performance this year. But I, I'll find the correct song. But he won that year, and his it, this was the start of you lot seeing like what this man is capable of. Mm. And I'll put it in there. But yeah, he okay. Won. Ace, do you have a live show, live song favorite? Live show, live song. Um, uh, yeah, I watched the throne again. Was sick. Niggas in Paris was a moment. That was at that show. Um, yeah, probably that. To be fair. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. That's, That's a moment. We yeah, had awards. They need to like. It's such yeah, a moment. moment. It was a moment. It was. So, I yeah. can I mean, Prince and Jay Z doing big pimping at Hammersmith Palais was sick. Because when the first album first came out. It was Ridiculous. Okay. Hamilton Palais was not. It does not exist anymore. Yes. Yeah, no. Not. All right. Quickly eat. for our guests. Do you have an unpopular opinion? Something on your hit list, or something you want to tell the world not to piss you off about? Don't piss you off. Nando's is under overrated. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Nando's is overrated. Especially if you get it takeaway. Is it? A n- oh, it's the oh, okay. worst it's takeaway. Yeah, no. If you guys. eat in Nando's, it's cool. But if you get it takeaway, it's doo doo. Nando's is like a core. It's, it's no. cool. I don't like. It's a seasoned chicken. That's what I love. <laughs> I like it. Pla- I, I order plainish. No. I like it. Yeah, I do. I, I like it. it. Perry Tamer. Nah, nothing. No, nothing. I don't like it. Perry Tamer. Yeah. I know that like plainish, but not even Perry Tamer. That's what I like. Okay. I, don't, oh I think the you, is like you would have liked the non-jerk stew. chicken I had yesterday at 51st State. <laughs> oh, my I mean, God. That is the... Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much to our guest, Ace. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, Ace. It's been thank amazing. You. Thank, um, you. thank you guys for watching and listening. As you do, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget to sign up to be our Patreons 
family supporters we need you make us be great and um, we have three tiers to pick uh, to suit your budget um, we're on all the social media platforms don't forget to follow us there and um, we'll be back yep we'll be yep. back yes we will you will be back I'll be back at some you point. have yeah. to come back sure and yeah. let's go on your show. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah we'll exactly. Yeah, we'll line it up. How many times have I asked you? I swear I've asked you better times. We'll, we'll swear it up. I mean, now I've got a podcast, you want me on? No. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, what are you talking We'll line it up. <laughs> she doesn't have to come. Thumbs <laughs> up, you know. At least I'm not living his life about me. Not coming, I know. Harass him. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.